Hey there, and welcome to the Raglan Surf Report podcast. This is our second second episode. Yep, second, number two, comes after one. I know that because I've studied maths before at school, uh, past school C. And it's good to good to be here, good to be back. It's good to still be doing this. I wasn't sure if I'd make it this far, um, you know, mainly because of a couple of factors. One being, uh, could have died, uh, but didn't die, would it? You know, it's that's a very positive thing. There's no way I could have done this if I was dead. Another one was uh, the internet apocalypse didn't happen. Um, if you remember back on, I think it was New Year's 1999, the internet apocalypse, also known as Y2K, was supposed to hit, which would um, shut down the entire internet, rendering the entire world completely useless. And uh, it would have been extremely hard to do this podcast, or at least distribute this podcast, if the internet apocalypse had struck, um, then I would have had to revert back to the old school method of podcasting, which was to get a boombox and then like say all your stuff, like talk talk your shit uh, into a boombox and record it on a on a tape. If you you might remember, you might not, you might be too young, but there are these things called tapes, and you'd record audio on them. So I would have would have had to be you know recorded my audio on that. And the thing is, I, I would have had to keep dubbing it, just dubbing it, just making copies. And with every copy, the audio would just get worse and worse. So eventually, your last copy would be a little bit like this when the tape strips, so it slows down. So that's what it would sound like at the, the last dubbing, because the tape stretches out. It's not like the MP3 files that you have these days. But the tape would stretch out, and it would slow it down. Um, and, and that wasn't an effect that you just heard. That was actually me. That was my real voice um, doing that. Uh, so, well, and stamps. Uh, you know, I would have had to just distribute it by putting it in envelopes and sending it to the thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of people that would want to listen to this podcast. So, you know, glad those two things didn't happen. No Y2K, still alive. Um, but to surfing anyway, because I guess that's what this podcast is really about. Um, I've just recently come in from a surf uh, out here in Raglan, and the waves were pretty good, I guess, um, by by Raglan standards, which are pretty high standards, because generally the waves are quite good here. Uh, it was, however, quite cold. It is, where are we now? I think it's July, pretty sure it's July, which is midwinter. So it was cold, it was, it was, it was really cold. Uh, I mean, in, in terms of New Zealander cold, which is different than other people's cold, because cold is a subjective thing. But as New Zealanders, um, we tend to like bitch about the temperature quite a lot. Uh, in winter, it's always too cold, and then in summer, it's always too hot. Uh, so I don't know what that would be. I'd say today it was probably 15 degrees in the water. Something like that, uh, which to a New Zealander is cold. But then, if you were uh, a, a Nor Norway Norway person, a Norwegian, or you were from Alaska or or somewhere really cold, you'd probably come here and you'd be surfing in shorts because it would seem subtropical. Um, but to me today, it felt fucking cold, and. And I think that's why I struggled out there today. Or I think it was either the cold or it was 
I think I might have a degenerative heart defect or or something like that because I I didn't feel like I was getting enough oxygen pumping through my my well I wouldn't say veins people say pumping blood through your veins but that's all shit because that's where the blood comes back pumps through my arteries I didn't feel like I had enough oxygen pumping through my arteries uh, I was taking all the right steps towards getting that oxygen in my veins you know I was I was doing the right the correct amount of breathing I was um, I was doing you know how how you're supposed to get that rhythm of for every breath breath in breath you take you're supposed to also also um, breathe out one breath so I was doing that uh, but it didn't seem to be working that well or or maybe I'm just un, unathletic and I'm losing my fitness and um, the older I get or it could be a combination of the two it was either that or it had something to do with the, the temperature because it was fucking cold. And so I had to wear all my gear. Uh, this time of year, you're, you're wearing a, out here, most people are wearing like a four mil steamer. And then I was wearing, I was wearing a hood because I don't have a lot of, a lot of hair on the top of the head there. And I'm, I was wearing, was I pretty sure I was wearing booties? I, yeah, I was. Sorry, I was wearing booties, and I'll tell you how, how I know that was. Um, for one, um, I remember wearing them, and two, I came in and there was not a trace of blood on, on my feet, which you generally get when you surf in winter in Raglan over the jagged rocks, because you can't feel your feet, so when you're coming in, you're just kicking around on the barnacles, and then you come up and you're like, oh shit, look, there's, you know, there's blood all over my feet. Because I've, I've cut myself severely. So I didn't have any of that happening. Which was great. Uh, also with the hood. I had to wear that because I don't have a lot of hair on the top. And you may think, oh yeah, whatever. It can't be that cold if you don't have hair on your top of your head. And if you think that, you're fucking wrong. Because it's real cold. It's freezing. But then I have... Um, I know that... Because I don't have the hair on the on the top of my head, okay, this is a weird theory. You may or may not have heard it before. But scientists say that bald people or people with not a lot of hair on the top of their heads are actually more advanced than people who do have hair on their heads. And that's because as humans, we have evolved into, I wouldn't say pussies, but we have we've kind of de-evolved. To make ourselves more reliant on things like uh, clothing and fire and shelter and, and things like that. Uh, because when we were cavemen, like back in the day, a long time ago, we we were covered in fur. We were very fat, and uh, and we did that because we didn't have we didn't have jackets, we didn't have beanies, we didn't have we didn't have Crocs, we didn't have fire. Fuck, no, sorry, we did have fire, we didn't have houses, we didn't have insulation in our houses, stuff like that. So now what's happened is that we have de-evolved, 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 whatever, you know what I'm talking about. We've got to the point where now we are so dependent upon clothing and fires and crocs and insulation in our houses and things like that. But scientists say that in, in the future... Uh, whenever that is, I don't know, like 15, 20 years, 1,000 years, whatever, 
humans will be entirely, completely bald. Like no hair anywhere, not even pubis hair or beard hair. will just be completely bald. So if you're thinking about getting into hairdressing as a career path, don't do that because there will be no hair to cut in the future. Although if you are looking at getting into uh, scalp detailing, um, do that. Scalp detailing is basically like hairdressing, but you're taking a bald head and you'll be dazzling it, like sticking uh, temporary jewels and, and putting some colour on and stuff like that. Uh, I don't know if that's a thing, I, I just came up with that now. But it, it definitely could be a career pathway. So there we go. I'm more advanced than a lot of people who have hair. Uh, another thing that I used to keep warm today um, was... Uh, it's something that I think most surfers do. Uh, if they don't, I think it's something that they should do. And that's that's piss themselves. And when I say piss themselves, I mean pissing in a wetsuit, urinating in a wetsuit. And so when I went out there today, I'd, I'd preloaded like most people do before they go for a surf in winter. So I'd preloaded with uh, a whole bunch of water, with coffee which is a diuretic which gets your system moving which pushes the urine out of your body and uh, also a couple of um, delicious beers sorry just having a sip there and so I'd preloaded so I was full of urine unfortunately I preloaded too much and I, I, I pissed myself in the car park which is a very common thing and it made me made me think about, you know, when is it appropriate and where is it appropriate to uh, to piss in your wetsuit? Because I think there's a, there's a very fine line, a fine line that I tiptoe along every day that I go surfing. And that's the line of where, where do you go from being a surfer pissing in your wetsuit to keep warm to just a dude urinating on yourself in public. And it is a fine line because I was standing in the car park and I had my wetsuit on and I was yarning to some friends and, and you know, I just had, had a piss there. And I did it very discreetly. I did it down the left side of my wetsuit, down my left leg, and no one even noticed. Just a little puddle there. I shouldn't really be saying this stuff. Um, but yeah, it made me think, you know, when it's a discussion we should have. So if, if anyone wants to start up, bring some valid points to that discussion, just let me know, because I think it's a very valid one. Um, anyway, I, I went for a surf, and I was fortunate enough to have uh, a reserve of urine, and um, and that, that really made, made my surf. Well, it didn't make my surf, I, I still had a pretty subpar surf, but um, I, was, I was a little bit warmer. Than, than I thought I would be. Oh, sorry, I'm just going to have another. Oh, God, that's good. I'm just enjoying a delicious VB here. Um, it's actually fucking pissed me off. I've had quite a few people hit me up on, like, social media or just in public, and they've really criticised my choice in beer because I've been quite a fan of VB for a while now because it's, it's just a standard, easy-to-drink, delicious, icy-cold beer. And heaps of people are just like, oh, that's such a, a yuck beer. Like, 
Fucking the beer I drink's way yummer, like Spates or Waikato or whatever. It's way yummer than than VB and, and shit like that. And it's like, well, fuck, whatever, man. Like, I I don't care. Like, this is what I enjoy to drink. And if you enjoy what you, you enjoy drinking, you just stick to it. But you don't need to criticise me. Like, I don't, I don't go up to people and say, hey, look at your fucking, look at your baby. Look at your ugly baby. Because that's disrespectful. And I wouldn't expect anyone to, to, you know, say the same to me. Like, say, oh, look how ugly your baby is. My baby's, like, way more sexy than your baby. And I wouldn't expect anyone to do that. So why do you have to do that with beer, you know? And um, I probably shouldn't compare beers to babies and babies to beer, vice versa. Um, but that's, I mean, that's another thing. Like, I don't have any babies, so I don't, it doesn't really apply to me. You know, I can use that analogy if I want. Um, but yeah, this is a fucking, this is a good beer, and I'm pretty happy about it. Um, but yeah, back, back to the winter. Uh, sorry, I just can't help myself. There, there's one thing that a lot of people do in New Zealand to count, counteract the winter, the winter chill, and that's to get the fuck out of here for winter. And a lot of people do that. And there are so many awesome destinations that are nearby that you can travel to. And, I mean, where have we got? We've got Samoa, Tonga, Rarotonga, Fiji, uh, some parts of Australia. Obviously, the good parts of Australia is seldom, but there are some. The warm bits. Um, Indonesia, Tahiti. Just anywhere warm. So, a, a lot of people do that, and I don't do that. Because... Oh, pardon me. It's got nothing to do with being broke. It's because of of the fear of death. Uh, in New Zealand, in Raglan specifically, there's not a lot of murders. Like, I can't... Oh, pardon me, that was gross. I can't even remember the last time there was a murder in Raglan. Um, off the top of my head, I'm not even sure if there has been a murder in Raglan. Which is great. That's a great, great ratio for murders. But then... So if I was to go elsewhere, if I was to leave Raglan and go somewhere on a surf holiday, I guarantee you there's going to be a hell of a lot more, more murders there. Uh, for instance, Bali. There's definitely a lot more murders in Bali than there is in Raglan. And that fucking terrifies me. I'm terrified of murder. Like, I, don't want to, I don't want to die. Like, I, I know I will die, and that's inevitable, but I just don't want to be murdered. I don't want someone to say, hey, look, I'm making this decision for you now. I know you don't want to die, but I want to kill you. And I don't want that to happen. So that's why I've decided to to stay put. And it's got nothing to do with lack of money at all. Because uh, I think I've had some, some real sketchy situations in, in Bali before. And it is a beautiful place. It's one of the most amazing islands you could go to. Uh, great food, great weather, great waves. But I have I have almost been murdered there once before. Um, this is going back quite a quite a long time. I think I was I was fifteen years old. It was my first time in Bali, and I was there on a trip, a trip for the World Grom titles. And we were sitting there in a restaurant having dinner, and some guy comes up, and he's got a he's got a whole bunch of watches. And and I kind of just, I just glanced 
I just glanced at his watches. I didn't I didn't even look. It wasn't even a full fledged I didn't even rotate my neck at all to see what watches he had. It was just a glance. And somehow this dude knew that I was some kind of glancing at his watches. And he picked up on that straight away. So he came over to me and he was all like, Oh, okay, well what watch you want? You want this one? I was like, Oh, nah, not really. And these were some these were actually some pretty cool watches. Like they were tag hooers. There were tag hooers and there were Rolex, Rolexes. And they were actually pretty slick looking watches. They were gold and silver. They had like all the hands, the seconds, the minutes, the hours hands on them. And they seemed to work. And uh, and I didn't really want any because I just got to Bali and I thought, no, I'm not going to get one now. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wait it out. I'm not going to rush into this investment of this $3 fake Rolex. Or tag her. So I didn't want to buy one. I told this guy, I told him, I said, hey, look, I don't, I don't really want to buy one. I'm sorry. And he said, no, you, no, you should definitely buy one. Um, you, you're going to have to buy one. And he was an intimidating guy too. His name was Rocky, Rocky Balboa, which I'm pretty sure wasn't his Christian name. Um, oh, yeah, he was Muslim, but I'm pretty sure it wasn't his, his actual legal name. But he was an intimidating dude. He looked like he would shank you up in an alley. So instead of just moving on and finding someone else to sell his wares to, he picked up the knife off my table. And I was only 15. Like I'm fucking basically, basically a fetus at this point in my life. And he said, look, you're either like this, and he's pointing to a watch, um, which was a really nice looking fake tag hua. It was like gold and silver, all the hands and all that sort of jazz. He was like, you either like this or you like this. And then he, he got the knife and he ran it across his his throat. And like I said, I was 15. I was basically a fetus. I didn't understand what that meant. I thought he was referring to something to do with shaving. Because I didn't even know what shaving was. I didn't have the pubis here on my face or or anywhere else at that point in my life. So I didn't really know what he was he was gesturing to. But then I saw the look, the murderous intent, the murderous look in his eyes. And I thought, this guy this guy doesn't look very very pleased with me. Uh, I should probably buy this watch off him. And and so so I did. I, I purchased this watch for three dollars. And it was a pretty it was a pretty good purchase actually. So uh, Rocky, if you're listening, um, thanks for that. You, because uh, otherwise I wasn't going to buy it, and it was good. It, it lasted what a couple of days, a couple of days till it fucked out, which was pretty good for a fake tag of three dollars. Uh, but it, it taught me something um, that day. Was don't don't buy don't buy watches. No, actually buy watches in Bali. You buy them, but buy them if you want to buy them. Don't be persuaded into them with the threat of death. Uh, and it also taught me that that my life is, is worth $3 in Bali. It's, it's only worth $3 in Bali. Uh, and there was also this other time where I almost was murdered. And this was in a place, Lakey Peak, which is a beautiful place, beautiful waves. Sun's always out because it's Indonesian. The sun's always out in Indonesia. Uh, some Really good setups there, Lakey Pipe, Lakey Peak, Lakey Lefts, Lakey Rights, you know, anything named Lakey's, that was that was basically it. 
and I was there with my girlfriend. And we were coming back from a delicious lunch of possibly nazi goreng or more me goreng. And we saw a friend on the walk back, and he knew a few of the locals. And there was a little bit of unrest in the village, a little bit of local uh, politics going on. And he, he said, uh, he said, hey guys, look, there's something about to go down, so just keep your wits about you. And so, uh, okay, cool, thanks. You know, we didn't think there much of it, because, you know, we're from, you know, New Zealand, white middle class people, you don't really think about that sort of thing. And so we, we kept walking down this track, and then up ahead of us was this gathering of, of locals, and they were all, they were all just yelling and screaming. I don't I don't know what they were talking about because I don't speak Indonesian and, and I also I don't understand Indonesian. So I don't know what the fuck they were saying. But then I saw one of the blokes he unsheathed what though sorry, he didn't even unsheath it. He didn't have a sheath for it, but he he pulled out a machete, this big old machete, and started like swinging it around at all these people. And and I thought he wanted to get me. I was, I wasn't really anywhere near him, but it was just that instinct of the, and that fear that, okay, this guy's got a sharp weapon, and and I don't understand what's going on, but he definitely wants to to kill me, even though he wasn't looking at me at all, and he probably didn't even acknowledge that I was there. But he, I definitely thought he wanted to kill me. So my instincts took over, and if you've ever heard of fight or flight, it's when the human, your, your instincts, sorry, your instincts take over and you go into fight or flight. And because this guy had a, a, a lethal weapon on him, and I didn't have anything, plus I, I can't fight for shit. So I thought, well, fighting's not really an option, so flighting would be the next one. So my athleticism kicked in and my flight response kicked in and I well there was a fence okay sorry there was a fence right next to to uh where we were and but over the other side of the fence was our accommodation so my instincts took over oh, I jumped over that fence it was fucking high too but I I guess it was the adrenaline kicked in adrenaline took over and I jumped over this fence and it turned out that my my girlfriend, she didn't have that same kind of athleticism. So what she had to do was she had to walk right up towards this guy who was swinging the machete around and then kind of turn back in and, and come up to where we were staying, where I, I then led her in to, where we, to, our, um, to our accommodation. And yeah, oh, we're not together anymore. Um, I'm, I'm not sure if it had anything to do with that uh, instance, in, incident, but it, you know, it probably did. Um, but yeah, that's basically why I'm, I'm not in Bali right now with a whole lot of other New Zealanders, is because I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to get murdered. And you know, what better place to not get murdered than right here in Raglan, where there's zero murders. Um, Oh, just random segue. Uh, J-Bay. J-Bay contest just finished last night. Well, the, the, the women's version finished. And I didn't really watch any of it. And that's nothing to do with 
um, well, with me being chauvinistic or anything, it's just that I didn't know it was on. And I did watch, I think I watched one heat, and it was really good. There was some amazing surfing. Those girls are surfing so well at the moment. Like, they're actually out surfing a lot of the guys, and it's really impressive. But I didn't really watch any of it. The guys, however, I watched a little bit more. I didn't watch a lot of it because most of it was actually kind of boring, but I did watch some of it. And there were a few things that I took away from, from that event. Was, uh, well, for one, Italo Ferrero's hair. If you saw Italo Ferrero's hair, you'd realise that it was real fucked up. He had the Jerry Collins, R.I.P. custard head going on. Which was frosted tips, so he kind of looked like JT from back in the InSync days. And I'm not sure what the fuck he was going. He was going. He, don't know where he was going with that, but I kind of thought that maybe he was. He well, I guess if you're number one in the world, which he was at that point, that is the time to try and do the shit that you want to do. Because you're the fucking king dick. You're the king dick of the world. Like, you're number one in the world. And you can get away with shit. So if you want to fucking frost your tips or your head, then that is probably going to be the only time you do it. When you are the, the number one in the world. Either that, or maybe he saw Felipe Toledo's success at the J-Bay event last year. Uh, Felipe did something similar. He went for the frosted tips. But he mint greened it. So it was like frosty, but mint, like minty frost. He had like a minty frosty thing. And also, he had minty frosted, I believe, his eyebrows and his shitty little redneck beard. So uh, I think maybe Italo was trying to get a little inspiration from that. Because last year, Felipe Toledo, with his minty frosted tips, went on to post a 10 by doing these two massive alley-oops. And also win the event, because he's the best surfer in the world. Um, unfortunately for Italo, that didn't really work for him because he lost. <sighs> Sorry, just having another swig of this delicious Phoebe. Um, so there was that. There was Italo's fucked up hairdo. There was also, uh, the lack of fireworks from Geordie. Actually, no, sorry. I didn't really watch many of his heats. I watched the one heat that he had where... He got he got a seven point ride for doing four floaters on one wave, and floaters aren't really a move. I remember there was a bit of hoopla a couple of years ago when Adriano scored like a eight point five for doing a backhand floater, and it was a good floater. But then, at the same time, it was just a floater, which are usually deemed to be a a linking move or a transitional move or whatever. They're not really a turn. So it was, I was quite surprised when I saw that Geordie got a 7 for doing four floaters in a row. But then I kind of thought that maybe that's, that kind of surfing was more relatable to the judges. So they had seen these floaters and been like, oh shit, I can do that. I know how that move goes. I've done that before. And fuck, he's he's done one. He he's done more than one. He's done two, three. He's done four of these things. Four of these things that I can do on one wave, and they they lost their shit, and and given him a seven for doing doing four floaters, four transitional maneuvers. I think it was either that or they'd gone back to to um, retro judging. And what retro judging is is a thing where judges forget that they 
are actually living in the modern era. They believe that they're back in the 80s where judging is based on length of ride and quantity of moves over quality of moves. So I think it was either they were just frothed out because you know he was doing floaters, which is their favourite move, either that or cutbacks. Uh, either that was retro judging. But the thing with retro judging is the judges need to let people know when they're doing retro judging. Otherwise, people just have no idea what the fuck they're doing. Uh, another thing that I took from the J-Bay event was uh, the return of old mate Kelly Slater, which was good. It was good to see him back in the contest vest for the first time in, I think, last year was the last time he, was, he contested an event before he snapped his foot in half. And it was good to see see him, good to see him surfing, and but that's probably where where it ends, because the rest of it was kind of unspectacular. He was riding this fucking hideous looking door surfboard thing. It was like Firewire had made him this door, but like a small door, not like a regular sized door that you'd walk through. It was like a little cubby hole door, and they'd got that, and then they got the files, put it in the machine done all their laser technology, whipped it out with some special firewire materials and chucked some fins on it, and that's what he was surfing. Uh, oh, shit, sorry, that was a bad burp. And it didn't... He wasn't really firing on all cylinders, to to be honest. He looked a, a little um, old, I guess. Well, he is old, so that's kind of understandable. But... Uh, I don't know, I just wasn't into his boards, he wasn't surfing that good. He did a couple of good turns. I think he's pro- he probably did enough, a couple of good turns, like, good enough for punters to, to to look at him and be like, okay, oh, that was a pretty good turn. If I buy one of those hideous little things for $1,400, then I might be able to pull off one of those turns. Uh, but yeah, no, he, he wasn't looking that flash. I think it's come to the point now where he should just, you know, just give up and stop flogging a dead horse. And and maybe just just slink off to the side there, maybe go and find a cabin somewhere and in, in, in the woods and uh, and go fishing, um, grow a beard like grow a long beard, start writing memoirs, you know, start writing a book, and uh, and then, you know he can work from there. He can go hunting and shoot little possums and things of that nature, and and start creating a new line of out and known uh, paleo wear. Something like that. Some jackets. Some some uh, possum skin jackets. You know, just just hang it up, mate. Because um, yeah, it look it looks like he's he's kind of done with it all. Uh, another thing that I picked up from the J Bay event was the lack of John John Florence. And if you've been uh, you know keeping track track on what's happened with John John, he's fucked his knee up. He did it in spectacular fashion though. He went up for a big. 360 loopy thing at uh, in Bali, I think. So that was a little while back. It was a bloody impressive move, though. It was like this upside-down flippy thing, and he spun all the way around, and then just when he was about to spin out of it, he spun out and just just fucked his knee, just fucked it right up. You know, just when you spin around, just boom, fuck it up. Fucked his knee right up real good. And so now John John's at a point where... He's got a couple of options with his recovery. And that is one procedure on his knee where he can be out of the water for three months. But then the problem with that 
is that it's not guaranteed that his knee will be 100%. Oh, pardon me. This VB's got me real burpy. The other one, the other option was to get a different procedure and then he'll be out for a year. But, oh no, what was the one there? Yeah, he'll be out for a year, but it's almost guaranteed that his knee will be sweet. Uh, so I'm not sure what one he's going to pick, but I'm, I don't believe any of that shit. Because John John, he's a millionaire. And when you're a millionaire, when you're a rich person, which you don't really look at John John as being a multi-millionaire, which he is. You just look at him as being some blonde-haired freaking kid. But he's a multi-millionaire. And multi-millionaires, they don't have to worry about the public health system. And they can find different technologies and different methods to repair their bodies. So uh, I was kind of thinking that John John is probably going to go more along the lines of something like nanotechnology. And nanotechnology is where they, when I say they, doctors, obviously, not just some dude on the street, they inject your knee with these tiny robots. And those robots go in, they assess the damage, and they repair the damage. They're like millions or thousands or, or whatever. There's shitloads of them. They're like little doctors, tiny little doctors, and you can control them on an app. Um, so they would essentially go in there, fix his knee, and then he would become like part cyborg human sort of thing. The other option, which I'm sure he's looked into, is, uh, is stem cells. So stem cells is... Essentially, all stem cells is is mashed up baby fetus. Uh, I I don't know how stem cells work, but that's I know what they are. They're mashed up baby fetuses, and they're injected into the knee, and then the knee kind of just regrows itself into like a baby knee or something. Um, I'm pretty sure that's how it works. It turns into like a baby knee, and then that knee's basically indestructible. Because you know, like how children under the age of like seven or eight don't have any... Well, they have ligaments, but their ligaments are so malleable and so elastic, so they they barely get hurt. Like, I've never seen a two-year-old in a knee brace, and I've never seen, like, a, a little baby with a sprained ankle. Like, if you drop a baby... Um, like, most people have dropped a baby. It's, I'm not saying it's a good thing. It's definitely a shit thing to do. Don't drop a baby. But if you drop a baby, and you don't drop it on its head, like, if you drop a baby... You can pick that baby up and just wipe it off and that baby's that's a good baby again. That's a perfectly fine baby. But if you drop like a fully grown man and then you know, you can't just you can't wipe off a fully grown man, they're not fine. They're they're fucked. Uh, so with babies, like their ligaments are just so supple and so malleable. So essentially that's what John John's knee's gonna end up like. Whether or not he gets that procedure or not, that's a different story altogether. Uh. Oh, and of course, the best thing about J-Bay was that shark. Uh, I think there was actually more than one shark, but I only saw one shark. It was fucking majestic. It was, it was so beautiful. Just like, you know, swimming around like a shark does. Just so majestic and beautiful and gorgeous and stuff. Like a big, big old fish. Big old fish with some big old teeth. And uh, it was cool that they kind of... They stopped, or they put the contest on hold for a little bit, just to, you know, watch the shark. But I think they need more sharks in surf events. Because if you think about how fucking entertaining 
the events where they have shark shark activity in ah there's so much better Mick Fanning getting attacked by that great white shark at the J Bay Comp a couple of years ago that was the pinnacle of pro surfing it, it has that is that is the pinnacle he was on like fucking Allen he was on sixty sixty. 60 Minutes? 2020? I don't know. One of those TV shows. He was on all those TV shows. And they were like, oh, this dude got attacked by a shark. And that's when pro surfing really took off. Without that shark attack, pro surfing would not be what it is today. And that's why I think they need more shark... Well, not, not shark attacks, but more shark activity. And if you look at it, no one is actually afraid of sharks. What they are afraid of is shark teeth. If you look at a a what are they, a whale shark, no one is scared of whale shark. People people literally fucking go on holiday to go and swim with whale sharks because they're just these big majestical animals. They're like a great white shark without teeth. So if you could somehow get a whole bunch of great whites and just seed them into the ocean um, around these events, it would just create. Fuck, that would be the ultimate. It's like man versus beast. That's what people want to see. People don't want to see man versus man or man versus man versus man or man versus woman or woman versus man or woman versus man versus woman. They want to see man versus beast. And that's why we need to get these great white sharks into these surfing events. Whew, fuck, I'm getting drunk. So I'm hoping the WSL will sort that out. And we'll see some of that sort of shit go down. Uh, this is a brand new segment of this podcast. Which This podcast is brand new, but this is a brand new segment of this brand new podcast. And it's called Answers to the Questions. And it's basically what it sounds like. It's it's answers to some... some oh, pardon me. It's answers, answers to some questions. Which, um... Yeah. So people have sent in some questions, and I'm going to try and answer them. Okay, the first question I've got here, the first question I've got here is from Jake. And Jake asks, why are things painted red so much faster than things painted other colours? And that's a tricky one. I had to Google that, plus I also added Neil deGrasse Tyson into my Google search. So I Googled, why are things that are red faster uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson because this dude knows everything about everything unfortunately he doesn't know anything about why red things go faster but I'm pretty sure it's because of Ferraris in the 80s Ferraris were red and I'm pretty sure they still are red but if you looked at Ferraris everyone associated Ferraris with speed and Ferraris were red and it's something to do with Ferraris I don't know what it is exactly but it's definitely, there's something in there. It's to do with Ferraris. Somehow associated with Ferraris. Ferrari Testeroses. Um, and my second question is from Matt. Matt asks, why is water so cold? Well, Matt, I'll, let me explain it to you this way. If you have a glass of water that is hot, and you stick your finger into it, and you'll feel that that glass of hot water has a lot of degrees in it. Now, if you take that same glass and fill it with cold water and you stick your finger in that, you'll feel that there are less degrees in that cup of cold water. 
And then what you want to do is you get another glass, put that in the middle, an empty glass, and you pour half of that hot water into the glass, and then you get the other glass in with the cold water, and you pour half of that into the middle glass. And then so in the middle, you've got a glass filled with half hot water and half cold water. And you stick your finger in there, and then you'll notice that there are less degrees in there than there are in the hot glass of water with the with the more degrees and but then there's in the middle one and then there's and then there's there's more degrees in the middle one than than there are in the cold one that has less degrees so ho- hopefully that clears it up why the why the water's so cold um and then uh next question um was from mac do cool board graphics make you a better surfer and the answer to that is yes Yes, cool board graphics do make you a better surfer. If you have a guy, and then you have another guy, but then they're both the same guy because they're clones. Well, actually, one was cloned off the other guy. So one guy's the original, one guy's the clone. And he's probably not going to be as good as the other dude because he's a clone, and the copy is never as good as the original. But if you have these two dudes, and one of them is covered in tattoos, and then you can see clearly that the one with tattoos is going to be a better person than the one with no tattoos. And that's why it is clearly better to have fancy board art on your board because you're going to surf better. Does that make any sense? Of course it doesn't make any sense. And the next question. Asymmetric boards. Now this question's from Matthew and all he wrote was asymmetric boards question mark. So I wasn't sure where to go with this. Uh, it's kind of more of a more of a statement or just just a name or a label. But I don't know, I see asymmetric boards as well, I, I well they're lopsided, that's for one. And I guess that's what asymmetric is. It's like not not symmetric, not symmetrical. And that's like asexual. Like asexual is not not sexual. And and I guess that's why because I was a little bit, some guy like out there before on the surface, I wasn't too sure if he was offending me or not. But I don't think he was when he called me a dickhead. It's a classic joke there, that one. If you if you didn't get it, well, you should get it. But um, but no, asymmetric boards, they're kind of like, they're a Kim, Kim Kardashian. They're a Kardashian kind of surfboard. And when I say Kardashian board, I mean a look at me kind of board. Like, look at me, look at me. You know, I'm I'm cool. Um... Like a lot of boards, like those those old sawn-off tail Almeric boards, like those things were hideous, the ones that Dane Reynolds surfed, when he when he literally took a board and sawed the tail off it, and then Almeric just made hundreds of thousands of dollars or, or whatever selling heaps of those boards just because Dane, Dane Reynolds wrote it. But those boards are hideous, they don't work, but they look kind of cool, you know, just kind of like a Kardashian. But um, uh, the same can be said for a hydrofoil, Hydrofoils are quite similar, like they're fucking hideous, uh, and um, and and also those asymmetric boards. And when you do surf boards like that, especially those asymmetric ones, it kind of it's a win-win if you do ride one. Because if you ride, if you're surfing it really shit, if you're surfing terrible on one, you can always just be like, oh yeah, no, nah, I'm riding this this real hideous board. Like, look at this thing. How am I supposed to surf that? And uh, and it's understandably like, oh okay, yeah, that thing is pretty fucked up. And then if you're surfing good on it, then it's like you're surfing twice as good, even though it could actually be a good board. I don't know. 
but you can use that and be like, oh yeah, fucking look how good I was surfing, and I'm surfing this. So it's a win-win. You can't lose if you're surfing an asymmetric board, but you can lose because you look like a fucking idiot. Uh, but yeah, those Kardashian sort of boards, it's you know, it's a very Kelly Kelly Slattery sort of thing to do. That's why he always rides those fruity things because he loves he loves people looking at him because he's a fucking narcissist. But in a good way though, in a good way. Um, but yeah, I'll leave it at that. I'm going to finish my VB and get on with the rest of my life. So, um, yeah, uh, check us out next week. We're going to have a guest. I'm not sure who that is yet. I'll suss that out. But, um, yeah, enjoy the rest of your week or your day or your night. Or, yeah, okay. I'm a little bit drunk now. <laughs>